Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bo. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out right here every Saturday on the Wrestle Attic Radio Network, available on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, and the biggest Ruby Riot fan in the room. Ruby, we miss you. Get well and come back soon. I am J.C. Bones. Now, today's show's format will be a little different this week compared to the rest due to the team's recording schedules and our availability this week. Uh, But we do stand true to our promise to perform, inform, and entertain you each and every week. So tonight, I am flying solo at the moment. But Smarky and Doc will be a part of today's show's, I'm sorry, today's discussion. 
as they already recorded without me. You see, I told them later on in the year I'm going to be going to fly out to Europe for about a week and a half with the fellas in the movement. Shout out to Matty Dukes, Mikey P, and Bubs. The movement, get them. We're going to go take a flight out to Europe to go visit my brother in Italy. Shout out to my brother Ray. Love you, bro. Miss you. And shout out to my sis, Alyssa. Can't wait to see you guys soon. Love you. So Doc and Smarky think they're going to like run shit when I'm away, but they have to know I'm like the Vince McMahon of the fourth wall. I got my fucking hands in everything. No chance. So with that being said, welcome to episode 33 of the fourth wall WrestleCast. And if you enjoy the fourth wall experience, please be sure to follow us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at fourth wall cast. That's the number four T H W A double L C A S T on Facebook. Be sure to like our page and our group that we have as well. Thanks to our social media ambassador, Jessie J. You can find her on Twitter at Miss Bootiesworth. Be sure to stay tuned to our social media for future updates regarding the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page, where you're going to have access to exclusive content such as Kayfabe Classics, Smarky's Singles Run, Sunday Night Aftermath, and so much more. So be sure to stay tuned to our social media at Fourth Wallcast for more news and updates. Now we're going to take a quick break before we get into today's show. So fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer podcast. You are listening to WrestleOtic Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. And you are listening to WrestleOtic Radio. Hey! It's me, Johnny Sparks. What's going on, everyone? And I am here with the Smark Slayer himself. And I can't believe I'm going to actually introduce him as that. Mr. Doc Hobbs. Right. What's going on, Doc? No, you're fucking roll, motherfucker. <laughs> That's not very nice. So listen, everyone. Yeah. It is just Smarky and Doc here. So what goes on? And King Ricky pointed us out in the intro show a couple weeks ago. Johnny Bones, Doc Hobbs, and myself are all working musicians. I almost said working girls, but working musicians. So sometimes it's hard for us to find time to record because we're all doing musical things late at night. So what's happening here is Johnny Bones is going to be recording the show and wanted our input because we can't be there when he records. So we're going to do our own thing and we're going to send it off to him. He's got this great idea. He didn't tell us what it is. (laughs) Doc, do you have any idea what's going on here? No idea what this fucking idea is and... Now he's out, you know, banging on doors, and we can't get a hold of him. So we're just going to do whatever the fuck you want. I'm assuming that he's probably just talking about how upset he is that Ruby Riot hasn't been on TV in a couple months. Who's Ruby Riot? I'm assuming, like, his, his show is going to be, like, a 45-minute rant on that, most likely. <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. And now we're going to give the fourth wall for him and the, and the audience what they really want. And that is... Our takes on what is going on in the world of pro wrestling. What has been a wild, the wild week in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, with that is AEW. an understatement. Understatement. AEW Fighter Fest and also um, the first Raw where Paul Heyman was in charge. 
and um, even some small changes in SmackDown, even though Bischoff isn't on charge yet. So let's go to uh, the opening of Raw. So holy, real quick, holy shit! <laughs> is it is it confirmed that this was Heyman's first Raw? I don't know if it was confirmed, but I mean, let's get real here. I mean, look at you could just you could feel the difference in production of the show. It was a noticeable difference in the production of the show, and those production differences reeked of Paul Heyman's hands. Which is, I shouldn't say reeked. They had Paul Heyman. It seemed like they had Paul Heyman's hands all over it. Nobody in creative was coming up with that raw opening this week, and except Paul Heyman, he's what he's what's different, and that was what was different on Raw. Just put two and two together. So I crazy. Doc, did you do you listen to Sam Roberts? Uh, he had a great take. He had a special edition episode after the announcement was made about Bischoff and Heyman, and he was talking. Pretty good things about both of them. You know, they know the company, but they have a different, maybe a different understanding than the almighty uh, Vince McMahon has. And yes, I did see some changes. I think he might be easing into it. You know, I think we think Paul Heyman as on-screen Paul Heyman and him kind of just going balls to the wall. Whereas I think now, you know, if this was his first episode of Raw, he's kind of easing himself in. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely eases. I mean, I think it was it was even reported that both changes were going to be eased in over time, but the only thing they said for just sure is that Bischoff just for a that, second, just to see how it feels. Sorry, sorry, keep going. <laughs> but Bischoff, <laughs> they, were, they announced that Bischoff wouldn't be starting until after Extreme Rules, so that's like the only official thing I heard. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an eased in transition. You can't just like. You know, everything's like it's like payments even said he wants to focus on long term stories. So if you're going to focus on long term stories, that just sets yourself up for an easy transition. Funny, Funny. long term. You know, I want to cut in right there. You know, they're talking about long term. I really want to know what the long term is going to look like for people like Heyman Bischoff. And let's also not forget Bruce Pritchard and the rest of the new creative team they have right now because WWE only makes changes when they're forced to. You know, think back to the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era became a thing because of the Monday Night Wars, because of the competition WWE had at that time. The Attitude Era had to... They had to open up their eyes for the Attitude Era and really see what was going on in the world around them and adapt and change, make the necessary changes to adapt and target a specific audience that they were, that was going to help the company grow and bring in the revenue that they were losing out on. So they targeted the right audience, the 18 through 35 audience, and that change gave WWE an identity the Attitude Era was their identity. But then after the unfortunate situation with Benoit, that entered the PG era. But after that, they lost their identity. We've seen so many changes since January of this year in the company itself, in the programming, that they've lost the identity. They, aren't they in this new era now? Isn't that even a thing when I think of New Era, I sadly think of the vaudevillains, Enzo and Kaz. Like, that's what I think about. I remember Big Cass 
being the ones to say we're part of the new era and that's what i think about like where is and where are they now they're not even with the company anymore so there's nothing i can identify this new era to anymore if that's even a thing or are we seeing the start of a new era you know a newer era i should say because i think the new era is dead in the water and we need to i think they need to rebrand this new era as something else and give us give us an identity they need an identity and something for us to identify with like right now going back to what i said why do they change when they're forced to because they have competition i i really wholeheartedly think that they're looking at aew as legitimate competition and aew already has one up on wwe as they are already easily identifiable. They understand. They're very much aware of their brand and who their audience is. And let's be real. Their audience right now are the indie marks, the ones who followed the indies before we. they were now given this platform for us to see them on television, live on Bleacher Report, on Twitch.tv. So they're not stupid and they know the audience that is viewing these shows. I mean, yeah, they also know that right now they have a lot of WWE fans who never really got into the indies or never got an opportunity to see the indies. So they're really targeting their major audience right now, which are the indie marks, but giving us just enough to really pull in the rest of, I guess we could say, the WWE universe. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break before we pass it back over to the Doc and the Smark. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning, Mance Chapel, inviting you to join me every Monday morning for The Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling, but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio this is the gift of podcast. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Yeah, that's what we've been looking for, and that's what, you know, we're finally, you know, I don't know if we're finally starting to get, but we're starting just to see, at the very least, better TV. Like, you know, we the, two, the past two weeks, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley were in a tug-of-war and an arm wrestling match. Yeah. This week, they went through the Titantron, and there was an explosion. Not just one Simples, explosion. Can we talk about that? Multiple. <laughs> multiple awesome. explosions. Pyro it was, was back. It was, Pyro was back. That was one of the best Raw openings I have ever seen. Maybe ever. That was an all-time ever? great Raw opening. Huh? Yeah. That was that was insane. You remember, I'll, I'll always remember that. That'll be right up there with the beer truck. The Austin beer truck for uh, me. The Austin beer truck and the milk truck. We can't forget the milk truck, man. <laughs> the milk truck was amazing. So, okay, let's say that this was his first Raw. Um, I could already hear from your voice that you are pleased with what happened this week compared to what's been going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. And was, I agree. It was especially, you know, with, you know, AEW's presence is just – it's going to get more and more in the next few months. They're now starting to put on, you know, they're, they're not only do they have their A level shows, they're also doing their B level shows for free. So 
they're going to be getting eyes on the product before TNT happens. And honestly, at this point, if you watch all, if you were to watch Be the Elite, if you were to watch Road to Fight, uh, Fight for the Fallen, you're getting about a half an hour, 20 minutes to a half an hour's worth of AEW content every week. So there already is TV. And the crazy thing is, you know, I don't know if it's algorithms or what they're tracking. AEW's fan base, a lot of them have zero interest in WWE. They're te- they're unquestionably now now that we've seen a few of their shows and we're seeing who's buying the shows, they're unquestionably getting a different part of the wrestling fan base that WWE is absolutely neglected. You know, it's and funny. This- you know, coming from me as a child and really only knowing WWF and WWE and we've talked about it many times before how I didn't watch WCW and you know we're, we're trying to do this special where I watch the first couple of nitros and do it like a live thing and where I ask all these questions more on that hopefully in the near future but you know yeah right I I might be more inclined to watch Ron Smackdown and NXT which is what I focus on because I love NXT a little more but I got to be honest with you. You know, we're tra- you know we're kind of transitioning now to talk about AEW. We'll get back to SmackDown, but um, I watched Fighter Fest. It took me a couple of days because you know I'm busy. I just bought a house, and no one told me how much work it would be. That's a lie. Everyone told me how much work it would be. Um, <laughs> but I watched Fighter Fest. I watched All In. I watched I watched Being Elite. I watched you know the other one, which I forgot the name of just now. But I double or nothing, double or nothing. I, I love it. I love the product. I love watching wrestlers that I might have not known about or known about and never got a chance to watch because I'm, I didn't go out of my way. But now I'm going out of my way. And I got to be honest with you. It's a great product. And there's a lot. Well, it, it proves how important like accessibility is. Like when you have a TV deal and you have a lot of money behind you and your name is getting out there. And, you know, you also have big wrestlers who were big in WWE too. That doesn't hurt having I mean, Chris Jericho. There were a lot of them on but, Fighter Fest. But, you, but the ones you have are big. Chris Jericho is a big name. Cody Rhodes is a big name. Um, John Moxley. John Moxley is a big name. Dustin Rhodes is a big name. And they're really pushing Dustin now as like, you know, it's funny. I was watching this week's Road to Fight for the Fall, or was it last week's, maybe? It was one of the first two fights. But Jake the Snake was on there, and Jake the Snake was talking about Dustin Rhodes. And he was saying, like, this is this is our guy representing AEW. This is the old school, you know. Dustin Rhodes was is in it during the territory years still even. You know, like, that's how far back he goes. But so it's so cool was, that they're even – But Go ahead. Go ahead. I it's cool they're even bringing that into storyline. Like the AEW, it, it, you know, it's funny. You never watch WCW. This is kind of what WCW felt like. Um, but like, think of like what you're seeing right now. But like, you know, throw Eric Bischoff in there, and that's kind of what Nitro was during the Monday Night Wars. I can't really, 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 really good wrestling. You know, but then they also had the NWO. So, it, what's AEW's? NWO going to be? I guess that's what the future. I guess that's what the future of TV holds for them. But uh, if we're going to stay on AEW, you yeah. talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dustin being, you know, the old old guard. But if you think about it, isn't Chris Jericho old guard too? They're around the same age. 
Yeah, he really is. I mean, the, I guess the big thing is I don't think Jericho ever worked during like the the true like territory wrestling Canadian. years. Canadian territory. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he was. I think he was too young for that. You know, because I'm pretty sure he trained in the dungeon, right? He right. Did. The hearts, yeah. But I, I I don't think he. I think right after that he kind of went. You know, right to ECW or was it ECW he went to first and then WCW? You know, great question. Like it was he, he was yeah he he was like the first like uh, he was. I'm gonna look this up. You know, because I mean he was like one of the first of like the newer J. I feel like he's with Austin and The Rock, and he was like at the very beginning of of yeah. that era. Yeah, you know, it just took him until 1999 to get to WWE. Yeah. Uh, By the way, both Dustin and Chris look great for being in their 50s i can only hope uh, that wow. i look like that yeah and then they move great i mean dustin rose man I said put on a five-star match when you're in when you're at that age you know just so impressive agreed so yeah i mean especially like, when there was so much built, built to that match and there was so much like uh anticipation like there was an expectation for that cody dustin hatch it's crazy how much they got that i want to talk about cody I do too, and it's. I think you read yeah. my mind here. I I want to talk about what what he did and how I, stupid. I don't agree with it. You know, I I maybe he was going for the pop. Maybe he just really didn't get his arm up. But now they're saying it might have been you know, kind of kind of a work. I I don't know how that's possible. Well, all right, here's what it is, and I think Tony Khan has come right out and said this. So I have, I have no problem believing it. It was a chair that was already like pre-bent and was never like, you know, like the stage chairs that they used, you know, was those that's supposed to be a prop chair. Uh, what happened was when Steers threw the, threw the chair shot, the top of the chair, like the handle where you would hold it if you were carrying it, like on your along your side, that's what caught Cody's head and busted him open. Busted Beat open is an understatement. Point understatement beyond the point yeah it's not even necessary to go there like and cody and it was and that's what they were going for cody did not try to put his arms up and he had plenty of time to put his arms up okay so let's just yeah i i watched it multiple times that he had plenty saw him coming had plenty of time to put his arms up like that could easily and i don't even care if he would have put his arms up a little bit and like took an arm shot you know yeah that might have grazed his head a little bit well, you know the thing you watch like you watch moxley later later on the program take a proper chair shot with his hand up and i know right. none of us now, can see I'm, you doing this but i'm acting out because i feel like this is what it looks like and i you know i i watched it again last night in preparation for our recording and i i, I rewound it a whole bunch of times and you can see Sean Spears' face, like, oh, fuck. I just, like, knocked out the, the you know, general manager, half owner, whatever the hell he is, of the company. Right. You know, I'm indifferent about chair shots of the head in 2019. I mean, they worked a lot in the Attitude Era because that's really when WWE had that edge. There was a little more violence, a little more hardcore, extreme in the wrestling back then. But I think the unprotected chair shots like that, that Cody took was just unnecessary, no matter what it was for. Uh, Again, I know we stated that it actually ended up being an accident because it was a gimmick chair and it was meant to be 
meant to be bent already and it wasn't supposed to happen but shit like that's scary nowadays you can never be too careful i mean the last time we needed to see something like that was at royal rumble 99 rock versus foley in the i quit match when foley took 11 unprotected chair shots to the head while being handcuffed you know it's like shit like that was it worked in the attitude era i don't think that needs to happen now again not saying he did it purposely because we know he didn't do it purposely we know now it was an accident but unfortunately accidents happen and nowadays it's not worth it for anyone to even try if you're going to do chair shots fine make sure they're done strategically and tasteful yes a chair shot could be tasteful and make sure they're protected unprotected looks cool i know and you want to look cool for everyone like i just took an unprotected chair shot but it's not worth it so i think as long as we're smart about it we can still keep it in wrestling because like i said most people most wrestling fans are accustomed to steel chairs being involved in wrestling all right fellas back to you guys no, no, no. You, you see, I mean, I don't know if that was that or if that was even kayfabe that he was doing that. You know, I don't think that's an issue. Like, they planned on doing that. Like, you know the risk of taking, like, Sean Spears should not be held accountable for anything like that. I don't that. think like, he is. Yeah, he was just going with the story, and Cody was willing to take the shot. Cody, man, you ain't got to take shots like that. Nope. You don't have to. That 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 is something that we can leave back in the 90s and you yeah, know you right hear now. you hear jr right away start talking about cte and concussion risks like maybe they're doing it the same way they did in wwe where you don't really you know the they keep the announcers in the dark um but you can hear them they are visibly shaken or yeah they're uh, like jr jr audibly kind of condemned like them right away like right away and he's know? got he's got the the years in where he could do that on the air, which is cool. Uh, All right. But yeah, dude, Cody, come on. No, no. And I think now I think you realize that it was probably a bad idea. I don't think we're going to see that again, but like you have, I mean, Doc Haas put me in so many wrestling moves growing up, you know, like (laughs) you have young kids. It's true. You see young kids, you know, watching this stuff. I mean, I razor edge my little brother so many times. Oh, we used to wrestle all the time in like my side yard, like in Lakewood growing up, man. There was we, the whole neighborhood. We'd have like Royal Rumble sometimes. I remember this We'd one time. Jump. There was this one time, Doc Haas. It was me, you. We were at our buddy Sam's house, and you wrestled our buddy Matt. And <laughs> it was pre, pre Matt dropping a whole bunch of weight. He looks great now. And um, the things you did to each other. <laughs> like, like we all could have gotten a lot of hurt. Yeah, well, see, I feel bad because I actually, I, I always like start with the mat wrestling since I wrestled in high school. And I was in high school, so I was in like my athletic prime, so to say, <laughs> which wasn't anything, which wasn't anything too special. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Doc Haas wrestled heavyweight in high school. I did not wrestle heavyweight. Oh, I thought you I did. I apologize. Now. I was I was one eighty nine and two fifteen. So okay, that's heavyweight, heavyweight was the next it's heavyweight's next division after two. Well, it's not two fifteen anymore. I think in high school, I think it's like I think it's two twenty. I'll have to ask my uh, my wrestling coaches at school. I Who know you wrestled in college. It's what I know 
College it's one eighty four and then one ninety seven and I think heavyweight starts at two twenty. But it's different in high school. There's more weight classes in high school. There are. Anyways, just to answer our our questions about Chris Jericho before, uh, Jer- Jericho went to the Hart Brothers School of Wrestling at nineteen, and that's where he met Lance Storm. Um, after I'm, I'm going on his Wikipedia page here, I'm not yep. doing this off the top of my head. Um, two months after completing training, he started wrestling independent shows around Alberta. Two so months. I guess that's still. It's, so I guess that's. I guess that's technically like the territory scene. Still, I guess that's like the dying last breaths of the territory scene. So, all right, I'm gonna give you. I'll, I'll give you that. You're right. <laughs> he did. He eventually made his way to Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Oh my god. Um, he then went to CMLL for a while and some other Mexican independent promotions. Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1994, where he reunited with Storm, and then uh, and then he let's see, wrestling and romance. What the hell is that? Speed dating for wrestlers. No, something in Japan. It's in Ryu. That does not. That does not surprise uh, me. That sounds brand, like yeah. That's where he came up with the Lionheart thing, though. That's He'd be awesome. like, yeah, it seems like a legit comedy. He had like a feud at Ultima Dragon there. You yeah, know. He's a great guy. So, yeah. So then he made the ECW in 95 and then WCW by 96. So Nice. And that's where, that's where I started following Jericho is in WCW. So speaking of other brands, let's, let's go back to WWE real quick. So obviously a notable change on... Um, Raw and I know you were just watching some highlights from Smackdown again um, did you see different, I know I know he's not I know Bischoff's not there but did you see any difference from the writers there going oh my god we need to step this up or anything or is it just same old shit except for Heavy Machinery which is the best tag team of all time uh, well, I think there were some definitely on Smackdown it wasn't as noticeable as Raw but there were definitely some changes, such as like you know Kofi giving Samoa Joe the finger, even though they gave this that scene at the most awkward camera angle possible. Which is, you know, I'm going to complain about that a little bit. Like if you're going to do it, do it. You, you know, I don't care if you censor the finger; that's fine. But if like you're going to do Janella it, at Fighter yeah, Fest, do, yeah, do it. Just do it. Exactly. He was awesome. That was an awesome match at Fighter Fest. Him and Moxley, right. man, that was fun. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's what I that's what I did. It seemed half-assed, so it seems like okay, we're gonna change, but not quite. And that's absurd, <laughs> you know. Like just just go for it, yeah, you know. Right. On Raw, it seemed like they went for it, and on SmackDown, it seemed like they're still kind of like we're gonna kind of go for it. Maybe that's just waiting for Bischoff because you know Bischoff and Heyman. That's two different and two different styles. So I think the shows are gonna be two different, you know presentations and they should be honestly in this day and age i think that's what's best for raw and smackdown i don't care if you share talent you know but they definitely make the presentation of each show different agree so i saw i saw a little bit last night i like how you know they're trying not to do commercials and matches any during matches anymore and instead of doing a two out of three falls match in that main event between a uh, dolphin ko and heavy machinery they kind of had everything fall apart between new day and, and daniel bryan and uh and rowan and i thought that was a really cool way to 
cut to a commercial, and then we get the full match all the way through. So I like that seeing changes in that sort of production. Uh, I like that I'm seeing some more, you know, new wrestlers in SmackDown, like Heavy Machinery getting the shot, but getting a shot in a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you know, even if you know it, they have a chance to look strong against two really good teams. And they get to see two teams in action and really learn because those guys are really talented, Heavy Machinery. And they have a great in-ring chemistry and they got great personality, the two of them. I think they fit. They, they, they take what should be a really silly gimmick and make the most out of it. They do. So let's talk about other tag teams. Um, they are very good. I think they are just as good as I'm still calling a War Machine. I don't give a fuck what any of you say. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a smirk. I, I think I think War Machine is the most talented tag team in wrestling right now. Heavy Machinery I, is a very close second, but the, I mean they're getting the shaft. I don't know if they're getting the shaft. There's just a lot of, a lot of there's a lot going on right now. Um, we don't need a lot of change. You know the top tag team's a heel right now. So and then there's heel champions. So they got that, that going against them. You know. So, I, but I think, you know, all in due time, you got to remember, like, it could take a while to make it on the main roster. There's a lot of teams. It takes a while to break into TV. It's just all there is to it. Yep. Uh, I said, it took Kofi Kingston 11 years to climb the mountain. Keep things in perspective. All right. Um, all right. There are some. Yeah. And there's some and there's some cool things happening. Some names that have been on the main roster for a while. We've been waiting like. Ember Moon and Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Like, I'm happy to see them. I, I think, I think Sonya needs to ditch Mandy. And so I think, you know, I think with the women, you really got to like, you know, start identifying who the real talent is. I think Ember and Sonya, Sonya are a real talent. Yeah. Sonya is your and next. Sonya is your next um, man. He means Ruby Riot, of course. I, I, I give it a couple years. Sony Deville will be at the top of the women's division of WWE. Well, so will Ruby Riot. So Sonya better step her game up. Um, I, 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 Ember as well. I, you know, but as far as your next Becky Lynch, it's going to be Sonya Deville. Like, I want to see Ember and Sonya now just have like you know a match at Extreme Rules one on one. Like, let's see them go one on one. No Mandy. No, not then. I want to see what they can do when given like 10, 15 minutes. You said, I think her, name that can, I you said her name wrong. It's Mandy. Mandy. Oh, my God. Mandy. Mandy. That's creepy. It's creepy when we do it. It is. Uh, um, other big changes. Um, let's talk about the. I want to hop back to the Heyman thing real quick, if you don't mind. I don't um, mind at all. T- um, not a change. It's a, it's a, it's a comeback, basically. For heel AJ Styles and the and best the club. AJ Styles, the best AJ Styles and the best club. This I feel like is a big Heyman thing too. You know, here we go. Here comes a faction already. Heyman's first night on the job, and we have a not a new faction, but a faction reborn, mm-hmm. and a faction that needed to be reborn. All three of these guys, I think, needed this. Yep. Um. And and I feel like that's Paul Heyman realizing. Hey, these guys like realizing what his talent needs to succeed at that given moment. Yep. And AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson need each other as heels to put the best product forward right now. So I'm actually excited to watch Raw this week to see where it goes. Funny how to- that works. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff this week. And uh 
I'm pretty excited for it all, and I'm pretty excited that they're not only is WWE seeming to step up their game a little bit um, and start attracting younger a younger audience, and that's apparently what this is all about for W. I read, did you see that this week? And you no, know, they're dirt sheet things, you saw, but we got taken with a grain of salt. But apparently, one of the biggest problems they're not getting a a younger audience. When I say younger, I mean teenagers to maybe people our age. You know, like like fifteen to thirty-five, that demographic. Um, they're at a hard time dragging those viewers in, and, and a lot of talk now is that they need younger talent, they need more exciting talent. So you might see more NXT call-ups, but who are those NXT call-ups going to be at the expense of? Like, who's getting booted off the off the show? Yeah, I'll tell you, you who's getting booted. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then you know, where does that leave a Dolph Ziggler? Like at this point, I think when you if you if that's where WWE is going to go and start really bringing up Johnny Gargano and the Undisputed Era mm-hmm. and Velveteen Dream, just saying, hey, we need a kick of fresh. We need a breath of fresh air. We need a kick of life. Hashtag kick of fresh. Let's get these young guys up on the main roster and have them do it up here. Yep. Like if you're going to do that. That's going to mean Dolph Ziggler will be in AEW before all is said and done. That means Sami Zayn's probably going to be in AEW at some point. That means even Kevin Owens might have to make his way to AEW. I have that no means, problem with that. That means eventually Seth Rollins, you know, who it's still to be determined whether he is at, you know, elite talent as a main eventer. You know, he I think heel Rollins has it, but now he's kind of doing this almost like, you know, he's with Becky, and they kind of seem to have this almost goofy DX-like vibe at times, which so, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Real quick, on, <laughs> real quick on that, because I just want to touch on it. Uh, Jim Ross on a podcast this week um, talked about how he did not agree with their real-life relationship being on TV, and I agree with that. I get it. Wrestlers date, but don't make it a storyline. Because that storyline could have to end abruptly. Yeah. You know, yeah. what happens if Macho Man and like, Miss Elizabeth? Yeah. Macho Man Elizabeth, you know, and luckily, you know, they made, they, you know, they really made the most out of that, like their relationship being over, but still having to do it on screen. Yep. That's because they were great wrestlers. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and the times were different. You didn't have to be on TV. I mean, this was before Raw. So you didn't have to be on TV, on live TV every week or every other week, you know, at that time. Yep. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I just feel like they're not sure. There's, there's such a like. There's still like such a new relationship. Like, I don't know. It's, it's still some awkwardness on screen between the two of them. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> Vince is like, you guys are banging. Great. This is what you're gonna do. <laughs> but, but, sir, we literally just dated, started dating. I don't care. I feel like eventually the hand of Heyman will split that up. Good. You know what it's going to be? It's going to yeah. turn into a heel storyline. Becky's going to double cross Seth. And uh, I don't know. I, I, think Seth should double, I think Seth should double cross Bethy, Becky. I'd rather oh, see Oh, no, but that's that's expected. Yeah, but it's, it's what's going to be best for Seth's character. I know sometimes. Oh, my God. I thought you were I understand say that. what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Sometimes, like, you know. You, you want to be surprised, but sometimes, like, this AJ Styles thing, that was expected, and it was the right move. Yeah. And it's because they need a hard reset. They need a hard reset. No, it's because he was bet a hot Asian wife. Oh, my God. 
I can't believe he agreed to do that. That but was funny. <laughs> so, so Shocking, but funny. Check this out. A lot going on this week in wrestling. Um, you know, Fighter Fest was awesome. We saw some changes in Raw. It kind of gives me hope for the yes. program. Uh, I can't wait for Bischoff to come in. I do know Bischoff from his time in WWE. I have gone back and watched what I missed in the 10 years I didn't watch wrestling with him in WWE. I cannot wait for our live um, Smarks Get Schooled on WCW thing so I can know exactly <laughs> what it was was like with him. But um, I'm already plotting the shows and the, and the things you need to watch. Don't worry. And, and Guys, listen. It's not like I don't know anything about WCW. I did flip back and forth once in a while like i i know a lot of wrestlers i know that one of our top guys was a guy named disco inferno i do know <laughs> that um their top jobbers I mean, he was like their heat slater dude <laughs> i know well that and you know their their champion the shock master and oh, yeah. um kevin sullivan yeah that was kevin sullivan wasn't it yeah uh, but, but, there's, but there's also, you know, there's like certain huge things that happen, you know, the start of Nitro, which was the first, I believe, live wrestling program. I think they, they went live before Raw did. Um, of course, you had Hogan showing up in WCW in the first like big Hogan flair match, mm-hmm. which was, you know, actually, I just watched that the other day. Bash to the Beach 94, I believe. You know, of course, the NWO and then like the downfall of the NWO is just as exciting to watch now as wasn't like the like, rise of NWO. wasn't there like four different nwos there was too many cooks in the kitchen at the end of the day you had bischoff and hogan and then at one point they made like kevin nash the head booker and that was a disaster like they just they gave too much there was too much in the hands of the talent you know and that's what the, that's what really it's funny how that happens <clears throat> impact <clears throat> Sorry, I got. Yeah, well, it was the same exact. It was the same exact thing. There. But yeah. uh, Vince would never. Vince would never let Bischoff do that in WWE. That you know, does never happen. Your so. ideas mean nothing to me. <laughs> Anyways, we should probably we should probably give it back to Bo so we can continue to rant about Ruby Riot. And uh... <laughs> oh, bless your heart, Johnny Bones. I, Listen, thank I, you for letting us do I just have a vision. I have a vision. That's just all he does when he has solo shows. He just goes off. I just that's what. And then I listened to the solo show. I was like, oh, it's not what he did. We all know that <laughs> Liv Morgan is the star of that because she's from Jersey, and the best wrestlers come from Jersey and Canada. So there's that. It was Sonya Deville would whoop Liv Morgan's ass. I know. You know why? Sonya Deville's a piney. Yeah, that's right. She's a South Jerseyan. <laughs> Shamong is not South Jersey. That's, I'm sorry, that's deep South Jersey. Yeah, it is. Although there is the Piccadilly Inn. Yo, Sonia, like Georgia, New Jersey. Sonia, can we can we hang out and get some wings at Piccadilly? I know you don't listen to this, but if you do, like seriously, next time you're home, I will buy you wings at the Piccadilly Inn. It's by your house. You Not like I know where your house likes, is, but do you think she likes wings? Dude, the Piccadilly Inn is like. Legendary! It's so good. Uh, I mean, I'll go down there and have some fish. Fish wings, like flying no, fish. I don't want fish wings. No, like fish and chips. No, oh, I forgot. You're a pescatarian now. I feel like fish and chips is the 
fish equivalent to wings. You know that Bones is listening to this going, I'm totally putting this in the podcast. Why does he sound uh, like Vince McMahon in my head? Oh, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Johnny Bones anyway. is our Vince McMahon. All right, Bones, back to you. Back. Fuck you. Back to you, bitch. Have a good night. <laughs> thank you very much, fellas, and thank you guys for taking the time to record yourselves for this episode. And thanks for so showing so much faith in me that I could do a solo show without you. Well, fam, thank you for tuning in to episode 33 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And once again, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm your host, JC Bones. The other two clowns you heard were my good brothers, Doc Haas and Johnny Smarks. You can follow us on Twitter at FourthWallCast, at JC Bones, at Dr. Haas, 4WC, at Johnny Smarks a lot. Also, our social media ambassador, Jesse J, can be found at Miss Bootiesworth. While you're there, please give Wrestle Addict Radio a follow on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well at Fourth Wallcast. Once again, it's the number four T H W A double L C A S T. And if you've enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help us thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics the marks the casual and the hardcore once again we are the fourth wall wrestlecast and we are in the fight to keep wrestling real goodbye and good night <laughs>